name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer, and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, we have Matthew Zachary joining us. Matthew is the founder of Stupid Cancer and the host of the Out of Patients podcast. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Are you kidding me? Anything for Epic. Great. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Um, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, one fun fact, anything you want to share with us? Sure. Well, I, I will let your listeners know that I'm unnecessarily Googleable, so I'll just skim the top. <laughs> maybe there's, I love it. There's maybe 17 Google search results for me, and then it goes to this romance novelist that isn't me. Um, ah, are you sure? Search indexing work. Uh, let's keep that between us. <laughs> I'm a New York City kid. I was born and raised here. I started playing piano when I was 11. I became a concert pianist, a jazz musician, a lounge lizard. I went to college to become a film composer. And then right before my graduation, I was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Always fun to be 21 and told you're going to die soon. Mm -hmm. I I make light of it today because it's kind of like telling someone else's story. It was 25 and a half years ago, which is kind of cray. I kind of wandered alone for the entire 90s. My 20s really sucked. Most of my friends moved on with their lives. It's the you know, consummate archetype young adult story of just brutal isolation. Although that back then it was, there was no internet. They were like AOL CDs and floppy disks and <sighs> jazz drives and all sorts of crazy stuff. And <sighs> was the noise that no one understands anymore except people our age. Exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't until like, I think 2002 that I was reached out to uh, from a Columbia listserv, look it up, kids, a listserv, go to Wikipedia, by my first peer who I didn't know existed, who happened to also be a bald Jewish neurotic New York City brain cancer survivor who went to my college. Wow. Talking about niche marketing. His name's Craig Lustig, one of my best friends still today, 20 plus years later. And he had discovered my story, because I actually wound up rehabilitating myself to play piano again. Hmm. And I released some albums for myself for no real commercial purpose. And I held them in my hand. I'm like, cancer tried to take this away from me. I would never be a film composer, but I could at least play piano and write again. Those CDs kind of made their way through the universe of pharma. And he found them, called me up, met him for lunch um, at the Soho Hotel in 2002-3-4. And he said to me, how would you like to be a cancer advocate? And I said, what the fuck is a cancer advocate? (laughs) And he's like, well, 
kind of means you could work in politics. Does that mean that what I went through would suck less for the next me? He said, yes. I said, sign me up. Yes. So between, I guess, that first date and 2006, like three or four years, I was towing two lives. I was fixing computers and running advertising campaigns and working on Madison Avenue and giving piano concerts and also learning about what Livestrong was up to at the time and what what is the National Coalition for Cancer Survivors? That's a lot of syllables. What, what do you actually do? And really meeting some extraordinary people that I felt I felt akin to. I found a tribe that I wished I had had. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I lost a bet. And someone said, start a nonprofit. And I was at the 2000 and six meeting of the Livestrong Young Adult Alliance. We're going way back in time here. And I'm with like luminaries like Doug Ullman. Look it up, kids. Heidi Adams, Lenny Sender, Archie Blyer, Randy Rosenberg, Selma Schimmel, Ellen Stovall, Andy Von Eschenbach. I'm name dropping because these are really important people. And I said, what the hell? I'll start a nonprofit. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. I didn't care. Usually like the, I think the least skilled, most ignorant people wind up being successful by accident when the mistake goes right. And I launched stupid cancer in January of 07 as just a website of young adult cancer resources. Back in the day, we called those a portal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're, you're educating people young, the younger set while they're listening. The kids, the kids will never know. So, yeah, that, that's kind of my story. The rest is history. Stupid Cancer went on to become what it is today, which is a, a dominant international advocate brand for, I mean, we're kind of aging Gen Xers now. I think they're trending Gen Z at this point. Like, I'm well over my limit in terms of the community I created. But it was magical, truly yeah. magical to see the young adult cancer movement exist, grow, blossom, transform and influence so much stuff uh, in the last 15 years. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of go back a little. So basically you were in your twenties, right? Bottom line, you, you did not meet anyone who had anything similar until you met your, the one friend. Is that right? Yeah. I I went to a Gilda's club event. There's a Gilda's Club here in Manhattan, the Red yeah. Door, like a big red door, the first one they ever made. And I remember going there kind of against my will. Like the hospital, I was at Sloan Kettering and there was like obviously nothing back then. Yeah. And I had a very typical nod your head AYA experience. Everyone in the room was 80. And I'm there with my dad who was 47 and I'm 22 or whatever. And I don't belong here. These people are talking about their summer homes and their grandkids, right? Yeah. That's the story. So exactly. meeting Craig and meeting all these other people, they said the same story. I'm like, ah, oh, finally, people like me. Exactly. And so stupid cancer basically sprung out of that desire to give other people a chance to have their cancer's experience suck less. Well, I feel like what I what I was able to do was not compete. If I want to mm. channel Heidi Adams, the great Heidi Adams, she basically at that meeting in Austin in 2006, she laid claim to the following. She said, collaboration is the new competition. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I took that to heart. I didn't want mm-hmm. Stupid Cancer to be a research group. We're not going to give away money. We're not going to talk about careers. We're not going to educate you on how to talk to your doctor about fertility rights. We're going to be the umbrella. We're the culture. We're the brand. We are the national movement of people in this egalitarian common thread form. And the whole together, our voices are louder, which came from Jennifer Merschdorf at the Young Survival Coalition. I kind of brought all these voices together Hmm. in a way that was not competitive. We were not going after the same dollars. We weren't going after the same donors. We were a brand. We had a radio show. We had a store. We sold wristbands after Livestrong collapsed. We were edgy and different with a, a... you know, I, I, so the radio show again, but the radio show was a radio show. Like yeah. that, that like, was like, if you missed friends in the nineties, you had to wait 30 years to watch it on Pluto. That was our show. The one place <laughs> to go on Monday nights for years was this place. We produced major young adult cancer conferences and convened these community. Like we were kids in a candy store when the internet was just becoming the internet. Yeah. So we were first to market. And it was just something I did not want to interfere with Mm -hmm. everyone else's ongoing, probably good for society shenanigans. I wanted to be a force multiplier for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Now, AYA, how would you define AYA? What is the official definition, I guess? So again, everything comes down to this Livestrong meeting in 2006 when Archie Blyer who is I consider the godfather of young adult cancer research and long-term pediatric cancer research. She said the words adolescent and young adult cancer Mm -hmm. had never been spoken in succession before in research practice policy. And we were coining it there. AYA was a thing and boom, AYA became a thing. And no one knew what it meant. Well, what's AYA? cancer. No, 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 no. It's this, right? right. You start to see like acronyms. You're like, you know, they're acronyms. Right. I mean, to me, it stood for the fact that we finally matter. Yeah. And I think the rally cry that I was all about in the early 2000s was that we have kid cancer and geezer cancer. And there was no boomer cancer. There was no Gen X cancer. Millennials were teenagers. And mm-hmm. Ageism should be something we embrace in cancer when survivorship and quality of life matter. And I got so much shit every now and then for like, well, cancer wasn't so fabulous in my 60s. Like, sorry, Ma, you know, this isn't about you. You know, your ovaries are useless right now. These people's aren't. I've got sperm. You do too, Tony Randall, but don't have a kid at 75 years old. And he did. So it was kind of intentionally unapologetic in the sense that it's our time. We're not better or worse. We're different. And here's why. And people would say, well, why AYA? It's like, well, because it's hard enough being 22 when you're well. Yeah. Do you remember being 22? Was it fabulous? No, it sucked getting a job, (laughs) dating, figuring shit out. Like it's, it's tough, right? College or not. 20s are, you know, your time to party. But your time for hard knocks factor anything bad into that in the medical space. And, you know, it, it's extra shittage. I like that word. It is. I extra just made shittage. that up. That's here on the spot. You heard awesome. it here first. You I heard it here it. first. Shittage. 
Well, and you just alluded to it. So what is the extra shittage that young adults have to deal with? How is it different from a pediatric cancer diagnosis or a geezer diagnosis? What I mean, is we it? We love the geezers. Unique? My parents are geezers. My hey. dad's going to listen to the show. I love you, geezer. He's, but he's, he calls himself a coot. That's the boomer term for themselves. They're coots, not geezers. Geezers are like the greatest generation that are in the 90s that saved the country and the world. Coots are, are the boomers. Got it. Just want to clarify for your listeners that I'm, I'm very etymologic. I have to make sure that everyone knows what the hell I'm talking about. Perfect. So I wrote a manifesto for stupid cancer, which again, I want it to be like this Bill Pullman Independence Day speech from you know the movie. And I'm going to botch it, even though I wrote it, but I wrote it like a thousand years ago. But it was something like, within the young adult cancer community, we hold no one's disease against anyone else's. And that it's not a conscience about body parts and the playing field is level when stupid cancer comes along. And issues of isolation, fear, stress, anxiety, fertility, employment, insurance, caregiving are equally shared as a, mm. as a, as a collaborative burden and that we're all in this together. And it's how you choose to get busy living. So I, I'm paraphrasing. But these are all issues everyone shares. You know, mm-hmm. who doesn't have to deal with insurance and careers? But when you're retired, that's not so much. And when you're nine, that's not so much. So it was defining what it just means to be an American citizen in your 20s and 30s to begin with, the things that are hard enough when you're well. Mm-hmm. So why is AYA different? Because gaps in your resume, you know, fertility preservation, disclosing this to an employer, going on a first date with no breasts, having vaginal dryness when you're trying to get engaged. You know, you can't afford to rent a place because you're, things cost money when you're sick. You know, you have no retirement funds. You have no 401k. You're maybe in college and you have to skip out and you're now delayed in your education. Or you have, in this case, long-term pediatric cancer patients. There were a half a million in this country mm-hmm. in 2007 who had cancer under 18 that were under 40. I did the math. That's a half a million people, a percentage of which are still dealing with crap from being cured. So yeah. this was the defining moment of a generation. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you've kind of just rattled off a bunch of the post-treatment type things that someone with AYA deals with where coot or geezers, to use <laughs> your, I'm going to use your, your lingo now. Um, this is a matapedia exercise. Right, exactly. So for example, vaginal dryness may not be such an issue, but if you're a young woman who is engaged or married or whatever, that's going to be a bigger issue. Um, is one of the goals to provide resources with how to deal these things, how to deal with them, to connect you with people who are going through the same thing so you know you're not alone, all of the above? I mean, I always ran Stupid Cancer like a consumer advocacy organization. I never really looked at it in the sense of, I think the original tagline was like, come here to go anywhere else. Like we're mm-hmm. the, we're, we're the portal, we're the place to go to learn that you're not alone. And you could choose what the hell to do because it's your civil liberties and American voter to do what you want. Right. And from the perspective of the consumer, if you want to join this group or go on this retreat or sign up for this webinar, or they don't know webinars, back then, this live <laughs> event <laughs> or go to this thing. We just want to give you the right to know that there's access to these things. We're not here to like tell you what cancer registry to go to or what clinical trial to have. We Mm -hmm. want to be the welcome wagon, the greeter in the shit happens store 
if you happen to not be 70 or seven. And some people, not for them. Some people, oh my God, I'm here for life. Where were you when I needed you, right? I didn't want to be all things to everyone. I wanted people to decide what this meant to them. Right. And I know you've moved on from uh, stupid cancer in particular, but I know you're still in this sphere, right? The AYA cancer sphere. So what are you doing now um, in that sphere? Well, I don't like double negatives, but I will never not be an AYA advocate. I am one. I'm aging gracefully, be 47 uh, the week after this recording. So whenever this airs, I will be probably be 47, <laughs> you know, happily 47. You know, aging is a good problem to have when you're oh, yeah. somehow alive 25 years later for no reason. Mm-hmm. The one thing I missed, you know, ripped nonprofit CEOhood for myself. I miss being on the air. There are some modern day podcasters that hate people like me who say this is radio, but this is talk radio. It's just talk radio on demand. Yeah, you know, it's not like AMFM dials. Remember dials on the radio, kids? AMFM. So it's not like you can miss Howard Stern on this morning or miss Scott and Todd because you can just listen to talk radio whenever you want about whatever you want to hear. I missed it. I missed being the guy every Monday yelling and screaming, interviewing, I think, 3,000 people over the lifetime of the series. I missed it. And people were like, you know, what's going to happen to the show? And clearly it was not something that I anyone expected Stupid Cancer to continue without me. I mean, they were welcome to. It's their program. I wasn't there anymore. But this whole get behind a mic or get yourself into a space where you can be an angry guy again on the radio or a positively, uh, I would say more of a, um, an influential angry guy <laughs> on the radio on podcasting, but don't just start another podcast, you know, start something that has more heft and go into digital startup culture and talk to your investor friends and go to your Silicon Valley people. And I wanted to start a media company, not a social media company, you know, screw that media, old school, regular, normal, maybe not print or television, but media, radio. So I really followed the model of if your listeners are familiar with Crooked Media or Gimlet Media, they create original content and they accelerate and incubate uh, existing content. And I want it to be that for healthcare. My one of my goals to this day, and we're getting there in just 18 months, is to be the largest listenership of American citizens that have been kind of fucked by healthcare Hmm. and to activate them to do specific things to fix specific things. I think the jargon today is like precision medicine, a lot of like precision activism. What, What can we get one person in Idaho to do in Idaho that makes something suck less for Idaho people with cancer, right? That's my goal and my show now, very gratefully, is getting four to six million people. Uh, they say listens. You know, there's downloads, wow. there's reach, there's listeners, and there's listens. It's all a bunch of shit. I'm just reaching a lot of people when I shout into a microphone, and I've done 120 shows, and every one of these shows talks about what the hell's wrong. Why do we keep complaining about it? Why is no one fixing it? So Offscript Media is another force multiplier for national conversations on all the things that we want to be. But we're also a podcast network. We have three other shows on the network. 
Uh, one's on cannabis, one's on rare disease, one's on hypochondria. We're onboarding an endometriosis show, a multiple sclerosis show, a, uh, a, a kind of a NASA-ish healthcare show. And it's extraordinary to build this network of shows. And our business model is really creating content that healthcare industry needs to have created. That's not boring, entertaining, first and foremost, and has, I would say, not to get jargony, conversions. We want listeners to do something, not just to listen to something. This is not some passive, I don't know, like serialized bank robber movie or lifetime TV podcast. This is activist radio. This is like, again, what Crooked does for politics, we're doing for health activism. So, that's kind of off script media in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. This just popped into my, how would you define advocacy? I think you just said it in a way that um, is fresh. So I want to make sure we capture that. How would you define what is advocacy? Make shit suck less for the next you. I love it. And at first you were doing that with the AYA community and now you've, broaden that um, to even greater. That's awesome. And that means different things to different people too. You just talk about, you know, the African-American community and breast cancer and uh, precision medicine hesitancies in Hispanic communities and the utter disenfranchisement of the trans community with cancer access and treatments. Like these are new, I would say they're new problems, but progress reveals an ebb tide. And we're not just dying anymore out of the gate. Like they were in the eighties and nineties. Like they were, we're living at least a lot longer than we may have been given in many, many circumstances. But because of that, they're like, Oh, look at all these other people that are still screwed. Right. We're at yeah. that point now. And that's the amplification that I think needs to be had in making shit suck less for the next few. Isn't just about this white Jewish guy from New York city. Awesome. What is your advice? If you were to talk to someone, newly diagnosed with an AYA person, let's say, newly diagnosed with um, shittage. What would be your, your advice to that person? Don't start a charity. <laughs> Colin knows this really well. Nancy knows this really well. Don't start a charity. Don't start a podcast. Don't start a blog. Live your life. Figure it out. Wow. All right. Any hints for how to figure out? Where do, where do people go to figure it out? See, this is the conundrum still. This is not a solvable yeah. question to answer. And, it, you know, when you enter this shit happens to, I think I said this before, there's no greeter. There's no Abe Simpson yeah. in a blue smock to say, everything's on aisle seven. Like that doesn't exist. And we're still hunting and pecking because if you start to think about healthcare, it's a supply only market. Hmm. There's no demand. No one says, I can't wait to go on Katruda one day which for the record is a Merck drug that kind of does a bunch of stuff. But I can't wait to go to Epic Experience because I had cancer. No one says these things. You say, I can't wait to own a, an Acura one day. You know, I have a Honda now. Like that, people want consumption by intention. Hmm. No one asks to enter the healthcare system. So when it's supply only, you're at the mercy of your, your what's, that, what's that stick people use to find water on a tree, right? Like a yes. Ewing, whatever they're called. <laughs> the listeners will be chiming in. Oh, it's called this, you idiot. Whatever the hell they're called. 
there's no GPS in the shit happens store. So, and unfortunately, you know, that much hasn't changed, but if I had to interject some positivity, the internet did come to the rescue in many, many forms with new platforms on the consumer side. And I, I work with groups like themighty.com. Mm-hmm. Four million people can't be wrong. Founded by my friend, Mike, who's been raising an autistic child. Phenomenal, diplomatic, democratized, self-policing community, way better than Facebook groups. There's a platform called BetterHelp, which is for mental health. There's the crisis text line for suicide. There's Talkspace, which is one-to-one peer-to-peer with therapists. So I think the free market has found out ways to bridge the holes in the dam where the nonprofits can't quite scale to. So it's a better ecosystem to find an anchor, find a handrail, find some support because you're not looking for it in advance. Yeah. So I remember actually, I will make this point going back to AYA cancer and coining this phrase. If you're 21 with cancer or 30 with cancer, you would never Google. I'm a young adult with cancer. Hmm. You would Google holy shit, I have cancer. <laughs> so you're not going to find age-specific resources because like the American Cancer Society spends billions a year on SEO. And good for them, they can do that. They want to be all things to all people. And that's a separate show. But the idea of knowing to input, I have cancer and I'm 17, doesn't exist. Hmm. So that doesn't really help you find the nonprofits but it does help me find these private sector consumer goodwill platforms like the ones I mentioned. So that's better than nothing. Hmm. Well, just since you brought it up, what are Google search terms that might net a newly diagnosed person with resources, with a community? Cancer. <laughs> Seriously. I really? couldn't call it fuck cancer when I started it. Cause there was no funny for it. Stupid was the closest risky kind of adjective I could have picked for that. Actually, it's an adverb because it's an it's a noun. So right. <laughs> an adverb. Not it's not a yes, it's an adverb. So grammar lesson of the day for the listeners here, adverbs and adjectives, learn the difference. I would say that if you do write something irascible into Google, it's going to come up with something of hmm. that matter. But again, it we can drift off into the the uh dystopic growth strategies of nonprofits and how you can't possibly penetrate large SEO markets and search because no one has trillions of dollars to do that. But I would like to believe that it is easier now than it used to be to find out someone like you exists. Hmm. And again, I'm making an assumption because there's a bell curve with everything and and that may not include and likely does not include communities of color, Hmm. LGBT you know, Inuits and Hispanic does not, the BIPOC totally different, Hmm. but to the extent that we are now fully more woke, I can barely get away with that word at 47, but I'll say it that all these other people are way more fucked than us now when we were just as fucked 10 years ago, I would argue and contend that we're in a better place today than ever before with better problems to have. But the next decade will be very revealing in how we 
solve for X in the algebra and calculus of equity. Interesting. Well, thank you so much. I always end with this question. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would want to share with our listeners and specifically around this idea of AYA, cancer diagnosis, resources, anything along those lines that I haven't asked you about? Specifically? Well, I realized I didn't answer your first question, which is something about me. No one knows. Oh, well, there you go. I think Colin knows this, but I was expelled from nursery school. Oh my, do tell. All right. So this is a fun little yarn. We had rugs, like rug time. Everyone that has kids knows rug time. And let's say there were 15 kids in the class and, and, and 14 rugs and the, some, some shitty remnant 15th rug that was a piece of junk, right? I was always first to get the rug because I didn't want the shitty remnant rug. But one day I was like taking a dump or something in, in nursery school or whatever. And I, I got out and I missed all the rugs and the dumpy rug was there. And I was so angry. I got the dumpy rug. I bit the teacher. And then the teacher took me to the principal's office, scolded me. Then I bit the principal. So then I, my mom showed up in shame and said, Mrs. Greenswag, because my last name is Matthew Zachary Greenswag, your son is no longer welcome here. And that was my last day of nursery school. So there's your fun fact of the day. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> if I had one core message today with a higher elevation in the sky of what I've gone through and what I've seen and having run, stupid cancer and, and, and built this movement. It's that if you choose to embrace it, advocacy really does matter. Hmm. And the only thing that's changed anything in the cancer community are people like you. Awesome. People can start right where they are doing whatever they can to make cancer suck less for someone like you. Yeah. Make awesome. shit suck less for the next year. I love it. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And we hope that you will all join us next time. Can I make one more plug? You can. Please subscribe to my podcast, Out of Patience, which drops every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. You can search for my name. I'm the only Matthew Zachary doing podcasts. Awesome. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. I'm not